Thanks for joining us for our ninth episode. I'm Kat. And I'm Car, Kat's identical twin sister. And this is a podcast where we talk about feelings, creativity, and the creepy twin connection that ties us together to the end. Kat, what's going on for you this week? Um, this week is a big week because it's our birthday week. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. We're turning 29, which is not really a big milestone, no. so it's not really a big deal of a birthday. Mm-mm. I feel like you've been a little bit in denial about it or just like not wanting it to happen. It just sneaks <laughs> up on me every year and I feel stressed when it comes to planning whatever we yeah. want to do for our birthday because I just feel like I don't want to decide. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make decisions. <laughs> I want to do something fun and see our friends. But you I don't just want to plan it. I don't want to plan anything. And it's, I feel like especially after the past year, maybe I'm just out of practice with making plans and I find it. it all very stressful. That could totally be it. I mean, I was trying to be more like I'll make the plan and you can just say yes or no whether you want to participate. Yeah. But even talking it through with you on the phone the other day, you were just not having it. <laughs> I wasn't because I was just, I didn't want to think about it. I still don't want to think about it. And it's in three days and I have a feeling it's going to come and go and we won't do anything because I'm just going to be paralyzed with indecision the whole time. Yeah, I get that. Like it's stressful to make a social plan at this point when yeah, it's something we haven't done for so long. I know. I've always found it a little bit stressful. And then especially now it's like extra stressful. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to invite. I don't know what food to prepare or mm-hmm. things to have organized. I know I need to like reach out to people like immediately if we're going to invite people because yes. this summer is already filling up with plans like crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance if we wait any longer, everybody will be like, oh, I have, I have plans. I'm so they can't come anyway so Uh I just I don't know I just hate how much it always sneaks up on me like June is so busy and this last spring the last few months have just been kind of like a blur Mm -hmm. then I realized like oh my birthday is like next week and now I have to plan something and I don't want to and it's just really kind of freaked me out you know yeah well like I said you can always take the option to do nothing (laughs) because it is your birthday and you have the freedom to do that yeah I know (laughs) I don't know I I do end up feeling a lot of like pressure from everyone else on my birthday like I get too caught up in making sure everyone else around me is happy yeah but everyone is like just whatever you want to do and I'm like I don't want to decide I don't know what I want to do like whatever (laughs) makes you all happy that's what I'll do but that's not really how it works nope anyway I guess it'll be it should be good even if it's low-key. Yeah, I think low-key is fine. But I'm thinking next year we'll be turning 30, so we honestly should probably start planning that, like, right now. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) Because knowing me, it will just, it'll be next year before I even know it. I know. Oh, God, you're right. I'm excited for that, though, because I will be graduated and I can start living a real life. That'll be great. I know. I'm so excited. What are you up to this week? What are your updates? I went to my first live show last night, first concert at Urban Lounge. Fun. In Salt Lake City. And that was so fun. It was so loud. And <laughs> it was great. I didn't really know any of the bands playing. It was my boyfriend's friend's band. Was it in a... Was it pretty crowded? Was it stressful yeah. to be in a crowd? It wasn't really. I just... No one was wearing masks. It really just felt like it went back to normal. Yeah. I also did have an experience a couple weekends ago. We went up to a, another friend's cabin with mm-hmm. like a group of 10 to 15 people somewhere in there. And everyone there, like three people who were not vaccinated, got COVID. 
so we thought everyone was vaccinated, but they got COVID. And then I just kind of felt comforted, like, okay, my vaccine is obviously working. Because if it wasn't, I would have got it. Oh, that's so scary. And he and I were both fine. So that just kind of boosted my confidence even that, like, I'm okay now that I'm vaccinated. Yeah, that's true. I feel like us in our immediate circles have all been vaccinated. So in those bubbles, it's easy to be like, oh, the pandemic's over. And then... Hearing that people are still getting COVID, which obviously is happening, like, obviously. of course. But it was kind of weird. I was just like, what? Like, you're not vaccinated? Like, yeah. why? Why? I know. I don't get it. Yeah, kind of weird. Get vaccinated and move on with your life. Yeah, like, let's, let's like, put this behind us. I know. Also, in the last two weeks, my boyfriend moved in with me in my apartment because his apartment is undergoing some repairs. So him and his two cats are living with me, and that's really fun. Aww. That sounds great. It's I miss fun. having cats. They're so, so sweet. I love their little furry bodies running <laughs> around. They are so cute. Every time I see their pictures on your Instagram, I just want to, I need to come over there and cuddle them. You do. They would love that. What are their cat's names? I just want you to tell our <laughs> listeners how cute the cat's names are. His cat's names are Regina and George. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. He loves mean girls. <laughs> I love that so much. I know, me too. What a dear story. Dear story. Um, okay, great. Well, that sounds great. I'm glad things are going well. Things are going well, yeah. We're going to talk today about music, <laughs> which is <laughs> a very broad topic. Yes. But we thought it would be fun to talk about how we got into music and how we developed our own individual music tastes yep. as twins and just kind of talk about what we like because mm-hmm. we love music. We really do. And it's fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Love it. So, Car, in your memory of our childhood, what do you recall? Do you remember any of like your earliest memories relating to music from when we were kids? Earliest memories? Um, I just remember our parents listening to back when they were still married in that um, little house, the first one we lived in, uh-huh. listening to Led Zeppelin all the time. Really? Our mom loved Led Zeppelin, so uh-huh. I think she listened to it a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have some specific memory. It was like summer. We were out in the front yard, maybe doing like a birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. And our dad had a big old speaker out there playing some of their favorite music. And Led Zeppelin was one of them. And oh, that's so funny. I just remember loving it. Like for a while, Led Zeppelin always reminded me of that first little house. Wow, I don't remember that. Yeah. Huh, that's so funny. Maybe I made it up. I don't know. (laughs) The first one that I can think of was when we also lived in that same house. Mm -hmm. I think we had babysitters over. Okay. Because it must have been, you know, the mid-90s. Yeah. They were listening to Spice Girls. Yes. And I remember, like, standing up on the little, like, mantle of that fireplace that was in the kitchen. Not the mantle, but, like, this little kind uh of bench area. Uh Uh-huh. In front of the fireplace and listening to Wannabe and dancing around. And it was so fun. Yeah, Spice Girls were huge. Remember dancing with all of our cousins in our grandma's living room to the Spice Girls? We did. I remember that. Maybe someone got that CD for Christmas one year and we always did our Christmas celebrations at her house. Yeah. So turning it on after the party and dancing around. That's so funny. Like, I never really listened to that whole album. Like, I really don't have a lot of memory Mm -hmm. of that Spice Girls album. We were just too young to really, like, comprehend it. But I just remember hearing it. And loving it. When did that one come out? That came out in 1996, so we would have been four. Yeah, that's true. A bit too young. That was one of my earliest memories. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) But then beyond that, yeah, I do remember our parents listening to a lot of music. 
Yeah, definitely. Like growing up in kind of a rural area in Utah, we listened to a lot of country music. Our dad was very into country music. Mm-hmm. And everyone around us was into country music. I remember listening to a lot of Shania Twain. We loved Shania Twain. Shania Twain, Garth the Dixie Brooks. Chicks. The Chicks. The Chicks, as they are known now. Formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, we listened to the Fly album by them. Which is so honestly is so good it still slaps so hard like i was listening to it the other day like cold day in july oh my god like talk about a heartbreaker of a song i don't remember that one i haven't listened to that for a while fly came out in 1999 i remember this album cover so specifically oh i know because we had the cd and i remember sitting there looking at it yeah it had ready to run cowboy take me away (laughs) goodbye earl classic classic so anyways that was a big one. That is a big one. I loved that album. Our dad also listened to a lot of like Matchbox 20, Aerosmith, Alice in Chains, like mm-hmm. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Like so, so <laughs> much of that. He really liked all that kind of music. And I, I loved that too. Me too. Even though it is such dad rock nowadays, but it's I listen still to so it nostalgic. now and I'm just, it's, yeah, it's so nostalgic. I love it. Uh-huh. Our mom really liked Led Zeppelin, as we mentioned, but I also remember her listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac yep. and Pink Floyd yep, and things like Styx and Sticks. Celine Dion. A lot of the Beatles. I don't oh, yeah. remember if that came from our mom or our dad. I honestly don't remember a huge presence of the Beatles. Like, yeah. I remember some of it, but it wasn't like... Yeah, kind of the top hits, I remember. Yeah, because I, I've, you know how you hear, like, a lot of musicians be like, my parents played the Beatles all the time growing up, and I just... Maybe it was a little too late for that or something. Maybe. I don't know. Our parents liked them, but it wasn't like a huge influence in my opinion yeah oh our mom loved queen that she was loved queen one. queen was a really big part of our childhood i can i can't hear queen now and not think of our mom no and like our childhood yeah Freddie, i love queen yeah just everything she loved freddie mercury mm-hmm. she loved the soundtrack to that movie city of angels oh yeah and that Jimi hendrix song red house was on it oh. along with a bunch of other there might have been another Jimi Hendrix song. I can't remember. I would have to look it up. But there was just, that was a great soundtrack. That was a great soundtrack. And I, like, sh- I think Sarah McLaughlin's Sarah McLaughlin's Angel was on that. Yeah. Do you remember this memory of, like, being in bed with our mom in our grandparents' house after yep. she and dad got divorced? Yeah. And there was that lantern, the metal lantern with the cutouts in it. And she'd put a light a candle in it and it would yes. cast, like, lights all around the room. And we would just lay there and listen to Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin. <laughs> I remember that so distinctly. Oh, I loved that. That was mm-hmm. so fun. It was so emotional. Very, very, very emotional. <laughs> when you mentioned City of Angels soundtrack, like she listened to a lot of soundtracks. Yeah, she did. Like I remember her having the soundtrack for Chicago, the musical, yes, yes. which we listened to a lot. Yes, which we was did. So fun. And then um, the soundtrack to Evita. She loved Madonna. Yeah, she loved Madonna. <laughs> so we listened to the soundtrack for Evita. Which is beautiful. Honestly, still one of my favorite pieces of music of all time. Like, Who knew that Madonna and Antonio Banderas would make such an amazing record together? Like it was honestly, just 
It's amazing. If you have not seen the movie Evita or heard that soundtrack, I highly recommend. Please do it. It's so <laughs> great. So heartbreaking, but so great. So beautiful. Oh, she also listened to a lot of moody blues. <laughs> we loved the moody blues. Loved that. Nights in white satin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We listened to music a lot, like, when we were falling asleep. So we had, like, our little CD player, and we would just put on a bunch of CDs of hers. Next to our bunk beds. Yeah. Just when we were falling asleep. (laughs) Either that or the radio. She also loved Michael Jackson when she was growing up. And so we listened to a fair amount of Michael Jackson. I wouldn't say, like, a ton, but Mm -hmm. I remember it was a big deal when she, like, sat us down and made us watch the thriller music video (laughs) remember remember that and we were like this is so cool and like she was just so excited about it so i think we could tell like this is a big deal yes (laughs) and it was and it was i feel like we just had a pretty decent range of music influences from then when we were younger we did our mom was really into the rock stuff our dad was had a little more of a country flavor yeah, which I wouldn't say carried on with us that much. Yeah, not quite as much. Um, but our mom also listened to, like we mentioned, Sarah McLaughlin and Celine Dion, like other female artists that were more like emotional, which I think. Yes. Like that definitely carried on. Absolutely. I love music like that now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember our dad like quizzing us on songs that would come on the radio. He would ask us if we could remember what the artist was. Our dad did that? Yeah. Okay, yes. I remember him doing that. A oh, lot, and he like would in like the truck, in the we truck driving around. Yeah, he'd be like, "Do you know who sings this song?" And we'd <laughs> we'd have to guess, and he would always be so happy when we got it right because I think great. we were so young. So like that would be fun to have your kids start to like recognize <laughs> music, you know. So yeah. that kind of made me start paying more attention to music and yeah. being like, "Oh, like I I recognize this artist," and mm-hmm. so that was really fun. How would you say your music taste transformed as you got a little older into junior high and high school? Well, I think around the ages of like 12, 11, 12, mm-hmm. you and I kind of started to form our own music tastes. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of the age where we were early on thinking about individualizing a little <laughs> bit more. I think around the age of 12 is when a lot of kids start to like develop their own taste in music. And like, I think everything is just so impactful at that age. You're like absorbing totally. everything so much. Since we're going to talk about how we developed our music tastes in different ways, mm-hmm. let's go into twin time. Come play with us, Daddy. So I feel like I personally started listening to my own music when we were in sixth grade, which would have been 2003 to 2004. We were in middle school in Arizona, and I had made friends who were into a lot of like just the early 2000s era, like pop punk, emo kind of music, or at least kind of the early era of that. Still my favorite music era. (laughs) It's my favorite. I know. But um, we had a friend named Molly, Mm -hmm. who I always attribute as being like one of the biggest influences in my music taste, which is so funny. She probably doesn't even know that because she would like, I don't know if she bought all the CDs or if she downloaded them or whatever, but she would make me copies of all the CDs that she had. (laughs) Yes. And burning discs for your friends was like such a fun thing that we did back then. Like how cool was it? Like I think we eventually learned how to do it, but at that point we didn't really know. So the fact that Molly could do that, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're like magic. Mm -hmm. But she would bring me CDs whenever a new CD came out that she got that she really liked. And she'd be like, check out the CD. (laughs) One of the first copies that she made me was The Young and the Hopeless by Good Charlotte, which came out in 2002. (laughs) And I remember that one just being hugely influential 
influential. Yeah. I loved it. And you did not love it. I did not. You I made tons of fun <laughs> of me for listening to Good Charlotte. And I still in my mind can hear you saying good charlotte in such a way because you were so irritated by it and you thought it was just the worst thing ever i was a little brat about it i can't believe i don't know why i still to this day don't really know why i was the way that i was but i did i hated all of that stuff for so many years until yeah. i eventually like got off my little pedestal and came around i don't i didn't even think i was better than it i just I don't know. Do you think it like made you uncomfortable or something? I don't know why. I mean, I would have to go back and like read anything I had written about it in journals or something to know. I mean, it must have made me uncomfortable. I just can't think about why it would have. I mean, it was, it was, I would say, fairly different from what we'd grown up listening to, it I was. suppose. I get, like, did it have more curse words? Probably. <laughs> well, maybe, you're, just, maybe you're more sensitive to that at the time because we had only recently left the church and, like... I do think that was a factor. I mean, we were still pretty young, so I feel like it was yeah. still, like... I, I mostly was exposed to it through that music. Yeah. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. I think it could have had something to do with it. Just the fact that it was unfamiliar and maybe... I was in an unfamiliar place having moved to Arizona. Like a lot of things felt uncomfortable and scary. So I just like clung to my, to what I knew, which yeah. was like the classic rock stuff that was comforting to me. Yeah. And that makes sense. Finding the new things just felt kind of like cold and scary. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That would totally make Maybe, sense. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I am analyzing this retroactively. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I remember I loved that album by Good Charlotte so much. I listened to it constantly. We were given Walkman CD players for Christmas. That was probably in like 2002 or something. Yeah. So yeah, I had my little CD player and I would listen to all the CDs that Molly would make me all the time. <laughs> so that was... The Young and the Hopeless came out in 2002. She probably gave it to me like in 2003 or so, a little later. Mm -hmm. But I was so deeply obsessed with that album. And then <laughs> another big one around that time was Sing the Sorrow by AFI. Oh my God, yes. Which I actually think she gave to me a little later, or I, I somehow procured that later. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Molly gave it to me. But... um I remember hearing about that through our friend Lauren's older sister, Sarah. Yes, yes. <laughs> she listened to that a lot and like then we would listen to it and that this by then it was like 2005ish. Yeah. But I remember being so intrigued by that album, like Davy Havoc's voice. I was just like, what is this absolute like angel of a man? Like I could not. And then anytime I would see any of, any of their music videos, I was just like, I'm all in. Yeah. Like I oh my god, I could not get over how much I loved that whole aesthetic. Yeah, I think it did. It scared me. I feel dumb that it did. I wish I would have just like chilled out and enjoyed it back then because I love it so much now. I know. <laughs> but I think, I mean, maybe the fact that I was so into it was partially why you kind of pushed against it. I think Because I do think there was a big it. element of us kind of trying to differentiate from each other. Yeah. And anything that I liked, you didn't like. And yeah. anything you liked, I didn't like. Yeah. You know, so it kind was Kind of very... just like on principle. Whoever decides they like something first, the other one has to go against it, yeah kind of. yeah another uh 2003 banger was ocean avenue by yellow card yeah. i loved that album i loved that one too um, Molly also made me Still Not Getting Any by Simple Plan, which came out in 2004. And I loved that album yes. so much. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I still listen to it now, and I'm just like, this holds up. It's great. It holds up. <laughs> Shut Up was on that, which I love is so that fun. Song. 
I just loved Simple Plan. And I remember yeah. by then, like, I don't know if it was who it would have been in our family, but I feel like I remember family members or relatives or something making fun of me listening to Simple Plan a lot. Oh, interesting. It's because Simple Plan, especially like Pierre's voice was so nasally. Very whiny. And it was one of those <laughs> things where... I mean, that was like, it was really kind of all the rage at that time, but it was one of those things that I felt like adults loved to just be like, oh, you're listening to that whiny music. They did. They loved to shit on that. Yeah. But Simple Plan was a big one and they were very whiny. Mm -hmm. But do you remember the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie where, is it New York Minute? I think so. Where they go and she's like, I'm going to go to the Simple Plan video shoot and she meets Pierre and everything. (laughs) I don't remember that part. <laughs> I remember watching that and being like, I just want to be like Mary-Kate in yeah. that movie. <laughs> we did love them. Yeah. So that album came out in 2003. And then in 2004, which in my opinion is one of like the biggest years for every one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Well, we were 12 yeah. in 2004. It's so crazy to think that because it seems really young. But I just like every album that came out that year was so good. It was so good. Like Green Day's American Idiot came out in 2004. I did love Green Day. That was one I was accepting of. Yeah, I remember listening to that album so much. Yeah. I was so obsessed. I always distinctly remember listening to Give Me Novocaine yeah. at night. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Maybe it I came don't on the radio that. one day. It or probably did. But I we just... would often listen to like the sort of like alternative radio station we press it at yeah. night yeah we played that a lot on and our, our little boombox i know and i remember hearing like boulevard of broken dreams on that yeah. on that channel like they would play that or that station uh-huh. they would play that all the time i feel like in that moment in that year 2004 mm-hmm. you're saying that's when i started to like listen to it at night and come around and think okay this is cool this is cool yeah I wasn't still out of the weeds of being like free to like it because Mm -hmm. you and I were already on our journeys of having to differentiate like we talked about but um I did really love doing that yeah I I did too and I think I mean the whole aesthetic of it in my mind it's obviously like I'm seeing it through rose-colored glasses but like we had our little bunk beds in Arizona in our room (laughs) okay I'll paint the picture so we were really into like decorating our room for the holidays we loved that when it was Christmas we hung Christmas lights everywhere in our room and we cut out paper snowflakes and like made those little chain garlands and everything and I remember decorating our room like to the nines <laughs> like so many Christmas lights in our little windowsill yeah. and it was like a deep windowsill so we had like this big it wasn't that big but like a decent sized boom box yeah. that would sit in our windowsill <laughs> and I slept on the lower bunk bed yeah so my head was like right next to the radio so I had control over the channels but I always left it on the whatever the alternative channel was yeah I can't remember exactly what it was called I don't know why I keep saying channels and <laughs> <laughs> the station it's been a long time since I listened to the radio okay is it Z, Z- it was Z something like Z Maybe. I just feel like I. there was a time when I thought I will never forget what that radio station was called, and now I have. I know. I mean, you probably think 96, 96 because of X96, X96 which is right. in Salt Lake. But Z92. Z90. It was Z something. It was. I swear. Anyways. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, just like with the little twinkly lights. Yes. And I remember hearing Somebody Told Me by The Killers for the first time oh on the God. radio. Yes. And I was just like, what is this? It's so good. <laughs> so much. I remember um, watching an awards show where they performed that. Yeah. That year. Uh-huh. and maybe played the music video or something yeah. at the awards show and I was like 
this is the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I remember them playing it at like our school dances in middle For school. Sure, yeah. Remember that coming on? And then also like all the small things by Blink-182. Oh yeah, that was a big hit at the dances. Well, because Hot Fuss by The Killers also came out in 2004. Let's just cover like a few of the huge albums huge. that came out in 2004. 2004 was a banner year. First and foremost, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by American rock band My Chemical Romance <laughs> came out in 2004. And that one was everything. I remember seeing, we've talked about this before, but when I first saw the video for Helena on TV, because we would just watch like music video channels. Mm-hmm. Of VH1. Uh, yeah, VH1 or Fuse. Yeah, Fuse. And yeah, I was just like, who is this amazing person when I, I saw Gerard? I know. I wish that I had just been able to come right along with you and I didn't. I know. I'm a dummy. It's so funny because I was so fixated on Gerard because he was so intriguing. You never even noticed Frank. I never even noticed How Frank. Dare you? In those early years. Like <laughs> when I he was at his peak hotness. I don't know if you can even say that that was his peak hotness. Like he has been in his peak for his entire life. I mean, I would say that that's true, but those years <laughs> were just very good to him. He's oh never had a bad gosh. year, it's true. I know. Frank Iero is, I don't even know what to say about him. I just. Mm-mm. I, my love for him knows no bounds. <laughs> okay, other albums from 2004. We we talked about American Idiot by Green Day. Mm-hmm. Molly made me a copy of The Chronicles of Life and Death by Good Charlotte. And, I mean, I'd already loved Good Charlotte by then, but I loved that album. In Love and Death by The Used came out that year, and <sighs> I, that was the first time that I had heard of The Used. I remember watching the music video for All That I've Got. Do you remember it had kind of like that clockwork orange vibe sort of and Bert had like the hat and the one eyelash. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And there was that little boy and he would like walk into this weird like ballroom or wherever they were. I don't know. It was like this old mansion. It was really like storybook style. Like it had those captions. That's the all that I've got music video. I can picture that video, but I yeah no you're totally right yeah I watched that like not very long ago (laughs) I know for some reason that album was incredible I loved that entire album okay what when did I'm getting all over the place right now but when did that album by Blink-182 come out that had Miss You on it oh I don't know exactly let me look because that would have been, I remember watching the music video for that and it had all the little spider spiders yeah and it was kind of that was 2003 so around the same time yeah I miss you. And it was, I just remember being like, this music is just the visuals creeped me out. So yeah. I, I decided the music was creepy and I didn't, it made me feel weird. Yeah. And when he said, we'll have Halloween on Christmas, my little naive little brain was like, no, <laughs> don't take Christmas from me. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I just like wrote off the whole genre as being had like, we seen had we even seen Nightmare Before Christmas by then? I don't believe so. I remember watching it for a Halloween party with our friends. Yeah. And oh my god, this is ringing the funniest memory. <laughs> we had a Halloween party and we had a bunch of friends over, and this was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Also in Arizona. So Arizona house, okay. Yeah, and we had friends over and we had had like, were people dressed up? Was it even a Halloween party or was it, I don't know. But I I remember having people over and it was like this whole thing that our mom had helped like host. Mm -hmm. And two of my friends, they had a crush on this kid his name was steven oh my god and i had a huge crush on him too but we so were all nice, like honestly. i mean who didn't <laughs> he was gorgeous like the, with just that was one of my earliest like skater boy crushes oh, yeah um anyway he was he played drums in, in band class so obviously he was the hottest boy he was so cool um and then 
But I remember going into the bathroom in our house with yeah. the, my two friends, and one of them was like, I think dating Stephen. Okay. And or like hanging out with him, whatever. And then she was like, "We're gonna go call him," and it was because it was like this big deal to like call him. Yes. And it was like early on in the ages of cell phones, like. <laughs> They had cell phones, but they weren't really, like, that fancy. My one friend, like, she was going to call him, and then I think her friend had, like, typed in his number for her and gave her the phone. Okay. And then she answered, it was like, is Steven there? And it was her mom. <laughs> it was Steven's mom? No, it was her, my friend's mom. So her other friend pulled a prank on her? I don't know if she did it intentionally or if it was by accident, but I'll never forget my friend being like, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> And it was like a big deal because I don't think she was supposed to be calling boys. No, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really even remember like the fallout of that. I just had that memory. It's like in my brain. Why did that come up when we started talking about Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, because at that party, <laughs> we watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, incredible. Okay. <laughs> so I must have seen it at that time. I don't know why I was so like, I think I had, there was some part of me that was attached to being like the wholesome Mormon girl still. I, I found comfort in that identity. Yeah. And it took me a long time to like comfortably leave that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that music felt like um, the very antithesis. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. But nowadays I love it so much. Oh, I know. It's everything to me. I still listen to it regularly. Oh, yeah. More than, almost more than anything else. Oh, yeah. I'm just stuck in that era. <sighs> I guess. Um, As we should be. Oh, another album that came out in 2004 was Love Angel Music Baby by Gwen Stefani. Yes. And that was actually one that you were very into, Car. Yeah, I think we should now talk about my music taste in 2004 and five. When I was revolting against your taste in music, I was really into still just like radio, pop, and rock. Mm-hmm. You know, just things that were really accessible. And I I still clung to my classic rock taste. Mm-hmm. So still continue to listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. Just things that my parents had listened to. I do remember loving Avril Lavigne. Mm-hmm. And her album came out in 2004 or something Which like one? That. Well, let's see. I think her album Let Go came out in 2002. Yes, it did. And then, oh yeah, no, you're right. Let Go came out in 2002. 2004 was under my skin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then 2007 was the best damn thing. I actually remember listening to that one more than anything else. I might have had that CD. I loved the best damn thing. It was very familiar. It was so good. So I I was was just thinking about that. That had like girlfriend on yeah. it and oh hot i loved hot i loved hot. <laughs> i need to revisit that album we really so great. truly should that was when avril lavigne was taken over by her alter ego was it yeah oh yeah the conspiracy theory where avril lavigne died and she was replaced by her like body <laughs> I totally double forgot about this yeah that's i believe right. it <laughs> <laughs> i very much believe that the avril lavigne we know now is not the original avril lavigne and you think the original is dead yeah some people say <laughs> because she went through such a massive um, persona change. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to be I investigated. Really to, be, <laughs> to be determined. We'll never know. <laughs> we may never know. An online conspiracy. <laughs> so I was big into Avril. Like I said, tons of pop stuff. I loved Gwen Stefani, like you brought up. Fergie, the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. I remember being. You into loved them. the Black Eyed Peas, and I hated them. Yes, you just did. because. 
we've talked about like whatever you liked i didn't like yeah although i did really like gwen stefani yes who couldn't she was so great so cool so cool so let's move on from 2004 so then in 2005 we had one of my favorite albums from under the cork tree by fallout boy was released Mm -hmm. and the same year we had a fever you can't sweat out by panic at the disco yes which i think caused a lot of confusion for people because brendan yuri and patrick stump sound so similar it did and i have the funniest memory of like we were at our dad's house and this boy who lived in his neighborhood who i had a huge crush on Mm -hmm. um (laughs) he was like we were listening to the radio and a panic at the disco song had come on and it was from a fever you cancel. It was probably I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah. And I had heard it on the radio, but I don't think I knew who Panic at the Disco was at the time. Okay. I thought it was Fallout Boy. Oh no. <laughs> and I remember like this boy who I was just so smitten with had asked me, like, Do you do you like this band? Or like, have you heard heard this album or something like that? He asked yeah. me about the panic song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love From Under the Corn Tree. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me with this, like, okay. <laughs> face. Like, we wanted to be cool so bad, and we just yeah. never were. <laughs> One of my cringiest memories. Oh, my God. Uh, it's a common mistake. I'm sure he, well, nothing ever <laughs> happened there. So maybe it did just really seal the deal for him. It must have. It must have. Um, let's see what else came out. In 2005, Blink-182 released a compilation of their greatest <gasps> hits. This is when we got into Blink-182. Yeah, because I don't remember ever having any of their other albums, but I specifically remember having the compilation album Yep, that had obviously all their greatest hits on it and yeah. loved it. Loved obviously, them. we had heard like all the small things on the radio. But yeah, they were all one, over the radio. They were all over. But yeah, that one had some of the my still to this day favorite blink songs i love i love it love it so much been one of my favorites ever since Mm -hmm. so yeah that kind of was how things went throughout most of our junior high Mm -hmm. high school years maybe maybe not as much into high school jog my memory about high school because i remember so you were kind of obviously as we have established here cat kind of took the alt um cool scene girl route yeah and that was all the rage it was all the rage and i just had to stick with my i don't even know i didn't even fit into an aesthetic i was just doing like the things that the mormon girls were listening to basically but yeah i want to talk about how that kind of developed even more in high school did it change that much well in junior high the end of junior high like in ninth grade I had a best friend who got me into a lot more music, also of a similar genre. Mm -hmm. But through her, I started listening to, like, Brand New, which you also loved. Yes, yes. She and I would come home after school, go to her house after school, and just sit on the computer for hours scrolling through LimeWire and downloading your friend, random songs. Yeah, Yeah, my friend Mm -hmm. and I. Yeah, we like, I got so much music that way. But because of LimeWire, it was always, like, I would just get a single song, never really, Uh like, a whole record. Sometimes I wasn't even sure if I had the right song name. You know how you'd get songs that where it's like the wrong name That's or like true, it's yes. named weird. Uh-huh. And then like later when you when Spotify came out and I would see stuff, I'd be like, this isn't what I remember. Like, that's the actual name of the song. Like, well, on even- my iPod back in the day, it was had this weird name. 
I remember a lot of of confusion there. Mm-hmm. Well, because remember, like, so the iPod, we got iPods in, when did the iPod come, iPod come out? I don't remember. We were in high school, though. Okay. I remember that was one of my first big purchases was my own iPod. Yeah, that's right. Because mm-hmm. I do remember spending a ton of time organizing my iTunes library and mm-hmm. making sure all the songs were named accurately. <laughs> and, and finding the album covers online yes. and adding them into the album art. <laughs> I spent so many dang hours doing that. Yeah. Um, that's so true. <laughs> I remember starting to love the used in in high school. Yeah. So I, I think, started to slowly come around. Yeah, that's true. The used was always close to my heart because they were also from Utah. And I just yeah. felt like we could relate to them for I, some reason. <laughs> we probably can't, but. <laughs> I liked that about them as well. Yeah. Um, and they were our first concert that we ever saw. That is true. At, at in the venue? Yeah. Yeah. In like after college or no, like middle of college. It was in 2012. No, that's right. It was yeah. only weeks before we went to see Lady Gaga on the Born This Way Ball tour in Las Vegas. Do you remember? I went to see MGMT at some point because I was really big into MGMT that's during true. high school. You were. And now I'm trying to think if that was my first concert. This is bringing up more memories too of like my music taste, how it developed in high school, still in like pop and indie mm-hmm. kind of took that route with MGMT, Portugal the Man. Yep. You did like all that stuff. I liked that stuff. Yeah. The Black Parade came out in 2006, which was also a big one. That would have been when we were in ninth grade also. Yeah. Honestly, 2002 to 2006 were like... Bangers. Bangers. Banger after banger. Yeah. Um, I am thinking about... Remember Groove Shark? That was kind of an early early days Spotify, I feel. That's true. It was, yeah, kind of an early streaming platform. I remember getting that in high school because we installed it on our art teacher's computer so that we could listen to it in art class because she always let us do whatever we wanted. Yeah. But that was like kind of revolutionary that anyone could go up and put what song they wanted on without having to download something. Yeah, that's so true. I remember that. (laughs) Uh It was kind of like Pandora, which was newish at the time, but this one you had more control over what songs you listened to. Mm -hmm. That was super fun. But yeah, in high school, I remember kind of veering away a little bit more from like the alt scene. I mean, I still loved all of that, but I remember listening to a lot of like indie stuff. Yeah. Like, remember how much we listened to that one Megan Dia album? Oh my God, yes. (laughs) I remember loving that in high school. Yeah. I mean, in high school into early college. Yeah. High school is a little weirder for me to remember as far as music goes, because I feel like there was just a wider range of things that I listened to. I know. That's how I'm feeling. Like, it's a little more of a blur. Yeah, it is. Maybe we don't remember high school music as much because... Like we were just older by then and like we'd hear stuff and be like, oh, that's cool. But then it didn't necessarily like stick with us as much as some of the earlier music experiences did. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't stick with me now, I guess. But it was still formative at the time. I do remember like towards the end of high school, I was really into the indie stuff because I loved Band of Horses. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that band, The Tallest Man on Earth? Mm -hmm. I listened to them a whole lot. I remember going through a really big iron and wine phase. Oh, my God. Yeah. And because my boyfriend in high school, he played me Fever Dream by Iron and Wine (laughs) on his guitar and sang it to me. And I was so in love. I would have fallen in love with that, too. So I listened to that so much. (laughs) Loved Iron and Wine. They're so good. Yeah. Was Bonnie Vera thing in high school? 
where did that start in college i want to say college more at least that's when we became more aware Uh to this day bonnie bear is one of my absolute favorites i would say in college is where my like present day music taste started to form Mm -hmm. i listened to brand new so much in college yeah that's true and mcr yeah I remember listening to a lot of artwork by The Used in college because mm-hmm. it came out around that time and I really liked that album. I did too. That one, I would transition between artwork and Neighborhoods by Blink-182, which came out in 2011. Yeah. So that was very exciting for me because they hadn't put the album an, an album out in like seven years. Yeah. Seven, eight years? Yeah. I remember listening to a lot of Danger Days by MCR in college, but I was a little bit late to the game on that one because that's right I think throughout college I had veered away from MCR a little bit like I had just sort of taken a bit more of a break Mm -hmm. because I mean I loved Black Parade and then it was just a long time before another album came out exactly you know like Black Parade came out in 2006 and I loved it Mm -hmm. but then Danger Days didn't come out until 2010 that's right it wasn't until I think 2011 or 12 that I heard it like I don't even know why I just like hadn't even heard it yeah they kind of fell off our radar yeah but then I I heard it in around like maybe a year or so later and I was just like what is this Mm -hmm. it's so good and I remembered like seeing on tumblr people would talk about like how they didn't like danger days because it was so different from their previous albums yes and I was just like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Like, this is so good. <laughs> I think the first song, maybe, I don't know if you had just showed it to me or somehow I got my hands on it. But the first song I heard was Bulletproof Heart mm-hmm. and similar feelings. Yeah. I was just like, this is incredible. I remember just being like, they sound so like, it felt like they sounded more grown up and yeah. they were just more in line with like where the headspace I was in at that time. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like they've grown up like with me, like they haven't. Like, if they had still been doing, like, revenge-era type of things yep. in 2010, I probably wouldn't have connected with it as much because that wasn't quite what I was into at that time. Right. So I felt like they were just so aligned with me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how could anyone not like this album? It was so great. Right. I've always found it strange when fans, like, hate a band for departing from what they used to do. Like, I do, too. Allow people to grow and evolve. I mean, geez. Yeah. People can do whatever they want. That's the whole point of being an artist. Like, if you were an artist and then had to stick to doing the one thing that you'd started out doing, like, that's so boring. Yeah. Kind of Um, like how people got so mad at Bring Me the Horizon for... That's what I was just about to bring the up. ammo album. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And Ollie Sykes getting all defensive about it. Yeah. As he should, because they are artists and free to express themselves however they want. Yeah. I do feel like music was a huge part of my college years because I was so alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no one to talk to, so I was just listening to music. Yeah. Tons of Bon Iver, like I had said. Um, but I also found this band blue foundation do you remember them oh my god i remember blue foundation we found them from the twilight soundtrack that's exactly the right the twilight soundtrack oh my god. came out our senior year of high school and that had a huge impact on me it I really feel like. did that yeah that introduced me to like every band on that soundtrack yeah there were some new ones on there that i hadn't known before but i obviously yeah. knew paramore and like death yeah, right but it just expanded like oh now i'm gonna go listen to all these other albums that yeah. i maybe wasn't in my regular rotation yeah yeah, that was big for me because that Blue Foundation just slapped so hard. It truly did. And Blue Foundation, every time I listen to it now, I just remember like cozy college days and it's kind of a nice vibe. That's so true. I listened to them a lot. Mm-hmm. They were great. Yeah, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. I like I think I mentioned in our last episode, I spent 
the first couple years of college listening to Lady Gaga and Marilyn Manson. You were big into Lady Gaga. And Rob Zombie, we listened to okay, a lot of my, Rob Zombie. Well, yeah, you would have still been in college, but I was my Rob Zombie kick would have been the last half of college. So mm-hmm. I was out of it by that time. Yeah. But yeah, as, as that time rolled around, I was like only listening to Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, and Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Metallica. Like we talked about Metallica <laughs> yeah. so much. <laughs> Which I am grateful for. I'm so glad I had a phase like that. <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> I mean, and I know Marilyn Manson is a shithead now, yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. I mean, I guess we all could have guessed. Yeah, but the, the writing was on the, the writing wall. writing was just... on the wall. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think it was easy enough to be like, oh, it's just his stage persona. Exactly. Yeah. Did we talk about this already? No. Oh, my friend, my coworker Alex told me about this uh-huh. in the book he wrote. I don't know when it was, but he talked about like, killing his mother or something or like brutalizing his mother in this most horrible way and everyone was like okay he's just like a weirdo that's like he's like he's a weird character and it's like why did we allow him to go on making music after saying something like that he played it off as it being his uh just his character yeah i don't know maybe with that era there were a variety of celebrities and artists who were kind of doing that like they had sort of like this alter ego as their stage persona that's true I mean, what would be another example of an artist like that? Trent Reznor, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know enough about him in detail. I mean, everyone loves Trent Reznor just musically, but I do remember him doing kind of like shock value um, violence, Yeah, I guess. That's true. I don't, I don't know if he ever got canceled per se, but yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, people, it was just easy enough for people to be like, it's just his, his character. It's exactly. not real. Like he's not really like that. Yeah. And then, and then Evan Rachel the Wood comes out and yeah. it's like, he was horribly abusive and everyone's like, well, yeah, obviously. Right. Even though <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I know it's so sad. Like it is sad. I, I didn't really, I don't know. It's hard. Cause like in retrospect, you're like, I guess I'm not surprised, but I just feel like I really wanted to believe that it was all just like an act. I did too. And that he might have been a decent person, but yeah, no. <laughs> God, I mean, not. we could have a whole episode about canceled artists. I mean, we brought up brand new, how much we loved them. Yeah. But what's his name? Jesse something. Jesse Lacey. Jesse Lacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got canceled. I remember exactly where I was when I found out that he got canceled. I was so upset. Really? Where were you? In the line at Lagoon waiting to go into a haunted house at Frightmares and Gabrielle <laughs> told me <laughs> and you were like wait no <laughs> yeah it was I was like no 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 my world is crashing down really yeah I loved Brand New but I wasn't as like involved I didn't know the individual members yeah there were not a lot of bands that I was like I knew every member other than MCR uh-huh. and Honestly, no. I like really? there weren't any. Like I knew the lead singers of yeah. all the bands, but I got really into well when I was super into Led Zeppelin. I totally like researched every member and all their background. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to like if I wanted to be able to wear my Led Zeppelin shirt, and if someone <laughs> asked me about them, I wanted to be able to talk about them. Yeah, I do feel like in college is where I started to really research bands and spend more time like trying to get to know them. Yeah. Oh, the used. I also I knew all the individuals and I knew all their own stories. Yeah, they did feel more personal just because they grew up here. Yeah, and MCR too. And but yeah, I feel like for the most part I was shallow enough. I was I only paid attention to the lead singer, especially if they were hot. Totally. Which is except for Fallout Boy, because I mean obviously Patrick is great, but it was all about Pete. (laughs) It was all about Pete, obviously. Of course. 
Yeah, I remember talking like kind of recently about how much I love MCR and how they're such a concept band. Mm -hmm. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they were like, oh, there's so many bands who do concept stuff like that. Like, have you ever listened to like Coheed and Cambria? And like they're bringing up these other bands. And I was like, yeah, I liked Coheed and Cambria. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) if you don't have a lead singer who looks like Gerard, like, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to get that emotionally invested. And you know what the lead singer of Coheed, that's so mean. (laughs) Maybe he's, I I just can never get over his hair. Like, I just, it was... It was just not something I can really connect with. You know what, what I'm, I'm saying? I'm picturing <laughs> Billy Corgan from The Smashing Pumpkins, another oh. band I think I would have loved even more if he had been hotter. Yeah. Although there are <laughs> photos where Billy looks a scary amount like Gerard. Yeah, well, Gerard takes Gerard a ton Billy. of influence from him. But yeah, I definitely had a pattern of mostly real, all the bands I got really invested in had to have members who I thought were very cute. Absolutely. Because otherwise, what's the point? (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) (laughs) Half the fun of loving a band is getting, developing crushes on the members. I know. And Davey Havoc. We saw Davey Havoc in concert. Also at In the Venue. At In the Venue. Not as AFI, but as Black Audio. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? I loved Black Audio. Oh, they were great. Yeah. <laughs> but I just remember, like, seeing him in person. Like, I'd loved him for so much of my life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until it was when Cal and I first started dating. It was probably 2015 or 16, 2016, I think, when we it's saw Black recently. Audio. Mm-hmm. And huh. I was just like, oh, my God, it's Amy <laughs> Epic. Like, he's right there. Like, I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. I love him so much. The feeling of finally seeing a uh, a band member that you're in love with on stage. Yeah. There's nothing like that. And it's so funny because all the bands from that era, like now they're just like dads, like in their 40s. And I'm just like, oh, I love them still. We still love them so much. Frank Aero being example number one. He's Frank such Aero. a dad, but he, he's I such can. a dad, but he's so tender and just. I, I don't, I can't even like talk about Frank very much because he just, <laughs> it's so, he, is he your biggest celebrity crush, would you say? No. Who's your biggest? Well, I don't know. It's diff- there's different well, reasons. I know your biggest, actually. My biggest one is Harry. Is Harry. Harry Styles is my number one. Yeah. But Frank Iero is just like, he's so such a comforting person. Mm-hmm. And he's just so cute and so funny and so <laughs> talented. And every time I see him in any capacity, I'm just like, I love you. Me too. My heart beats a little faster when I see his face. Yeah. And I just am like, I just love you and I want what's best for you. Exactly. In life. Exactly. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel about Harry and all the other One Direction boys. Yeah. When I first fell in love with One Direction, it was a lot of like infatuation. I was just like, oh my God, they're so hot. Yeah. Couldn't get over it. And then over time, it just mellowed out into like this deep love where I'm just like, <laughs> I just hope that you're happy in life and that you have, have everything you need and you're being taken care of. It's like a real relationship. <laughs> you have the infatuation phase and then it <laughs> settles down into the more like deep bond. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, that is how I feel about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Same. We didn't even talk about Taylor Swift though yet. That's awful. 
We didn't even mention her. The thing about Taylor, okay, so we're talking about our music taste in college, and really yeah. this is kind of where Taylor comes into the picture for me. In college? Yes. Ultimately, of course, I listened to her earlier records when we were in junior high yeah. and high school and everything. Fearless came out two years before we graduated high school, so I remember us driving to and from high school listening to that almost on a daily basis. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I do remember listening to that a lot. I remember listening to Tim McGraw mm-hmm. and yeah, her Teardrops on My Guitar. Was... I mean, like, all yeah. of those songs were incredible, and I loved them mm-hmm. during high school. But I wasn't, like, I, w- I just wasn't as, like, deeply invested. Maybe I was just, like, focusing on other things. But then in 2014, after I graduated in 1989 came out, yes. I was just, I remember listening to that and being, like, holy shit, where has she been my whole life? Like, I... I've oh, always loved her, but I was just like, this Taylor, I am so in love with. Yeah. You know, like, I I don't know. It just felt, maybe it was the era of my own life that I was in, but 1989 was like, I just connected to it so much. Mm-hmm. And then from there, from 2014 to 15, which were some rough years for us. Yes. After hearing 1989 and being so in love with that, I started going back and listening to more Red. Ugh. And also in 2015, that's when I started really getting into One Direction. And so I went back and listened to Red because so much of that was like, it seemed like a lot of it was inspired by Harry. A lot of people said, even though I wasn't, I've never been sure if the timeline works out there because I feel like she started dating Harry after or like during the Red era after that came out. Hmm. Anyway, regardless, a lot of it still like the the vibes still worked out for sure. And so I listened to Red a lot and 1989 and it was like I loved her and I loved Harry. And then Mm -hmm. hearing 1989 felt like hearing about like their relationship. Yeah. And then like so through Taylor, I felt like I could vicariously live this story with Harry. And then for listening to One Direction, it was just like his own thing. And it was just I don't know. It was like I was just in this whirlwind Mm -hmm. of these people I don't know I also wonder if in high school like we have talked about we were not allowed to date really Mm -hmm. so like the fantasy of dating and all her songs are love songs are about relationships for the most part like they were beautiful and amazing but maybe not quite as relatable Relatable. to us at that point I think that's that is very true but I do I do just want to say like I listen to Taylor a lot I yeah. think I I should have put her higher on my list to talk about first because she like well part of me like school, I had written Taylor Swift on our outline and then I was like honestly she could just have her own entire episode she could so I think that's why I kind of like didn't talk about her in this episode yet yeah it's too powerful it's too powerful it's too much like too she much. encompasses everything that we've talked about yes <laughs> but yeah like that those years I went back and listened to all of her albums. Almost nonstop. It was all Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. And then I loved Reputation. Yep. I loved Lover. Yep. I love Evermore and Folklore. Just everything. Everything she does is gold. It's so good. And I know she went through some rough times and people can say what they want about her. But I just have loved seeing her growth and her develop as a person. Same. And I just think she's wonderful. And she I feel wonderful. like, how can you blame her for going through some of the shit she went through? Like, right? what she went through was traumatizing. Yeah. And I'm not like... Are I you talking about just her relationship with the press? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And just, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't feel like we as a society talk enough about how fame in general, mm-hmm. especially for like a young artist, would be traumatizing. Well, for sure. And I feel like that conversation has begun to happen more yeah. with the Britney Spears stuff coming out yeah 
but and even Taylor Swift's documentaries where she kind of addressed it. Yeah. But and I I've wonder heard, if we're really going to hear Barry breathing into my mic right now. He's licking his lips. Just, I need everyone to know that's not me. He's just like resting his head on Carly's shoulder, licking her face. He's sniffing my ear. He's that's so ticklish. Paw. He's like holding your hand. He loves me. He really does. You love Aunt Carly, huh? I love sweetie. <laughs> but I also wanted to... There, the whole thing idea of like fame being traumatizing, I feel is like it's really interesting to me, and it just makes a lot of sense. And I feel like people yeah. should talk about it more. I agree. But I remember, like, I watched this interview with Gerard just in the last few months. But Gerard himself said was talking about how fame was traumatizing yeah. for him. Yeah, and he I, very much he struggled with that a lot. He did, and that's why MCR broke up essentially because he just couldn't take it anymore. That's right, and I know that's why he like in the early days of of MCR when he was drinking a lot that was a big part of it like he yeah. had to, felt like he had to be drunk to have his stage presence and like deal with that yeah fame yeah which is really sad it is sad but it makes sense because that would be really hard for anyone yeah. i think yeah i don't i don't think i could do it <laughs> i don't think i could either all right is there anything else you want to cover here um i mean I guess to end, like, what album are you really loving just lately? Like this week? What's your favorite album this week? Oh, my goodness. You're really putting me on the spot here. I know. Your favorite couple of albums. One album that I've been listening to a lot lately is If I Could Make It Go Quiet by Girl in Red. Oh, that's such a good one. I've had a, that album on repeat for, like, the last month or so, and it's just so good. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um. I also am really into this artist called Jetty Bones. She has an album called Push Back that is really good. Mm-hmm. Very emotional. What has been your favorite album lately? The one I've kind of had on repeat has been this Mansions album called Big Bad. Oh, yeah. You sent that to me and I still haven't listened to it yet. I thought I saw you listening to it the other day. On the I think I thing. listened to like one song, but I haven't listened to the whole thing. Mm, that's such a good one. It's just kind of slow and nice. Yeah. I also um, finally have given Manchester Orchestra a chance. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I never like disliked them. I just never listened to them in full mm-hmm. until recently. But my boyfriend loves them. And I listened to their 2017 album, A Black Mile to the Surface. I listened to it like seven times through yesterday, like just while I was doing my puzzle. <laughs> nice. It's just so good. <laughs> I, I They remind me a lot of college because I listened to them a lot yeah. during those years. Yeah. They're very emotional. Totally. Love his voice. Um, what else was I listening to? I've been listening to both Born This Way and Chromatica a lot <laughs> lately because I just felt like the energy is helpful for me. Okay, good. <laughs> Making me feel a little bit more alive. Good. I also revisited After Laughter by Paramore, which is such a good album. It's a great one. I love that so much. I've been listening to Dear You by Jawbreaker. Have you ever listened to that? No, I don't think so. I think you'd really like it. I should. It's too, it's like a, when did it come out? 1995. Damn. But it's just like a really amazing sound. (laughs) It is really fun to like visit older albums. I mean, also just anything in the 90s. I loved it so much. And I, would you call, would they call this a punk band? I'm 
pretty sure punk or rock whatever i don't even know <laughs> fans of jawbreaker would <laughs> cover your ears <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cut that out um, <laughs> earlier this spring like over this last winter i was listening to disintegration by the cure a lot oh my god i got <laughs> which came I out got, in 1989 yeah i got into a huge cure phase semi-recently it's so nice it's so nice that. also Speaking of AFI, yeah, their album Burials, which came out in 2013, mm-hmm. is so good. Did you never listen to it? I don't think I ever did at that time. Okay. Not super intentionally. Okay. But lately I've been listening to it just front to back and it's so good. I love it. Have you listened to the Bodies album by AFI? It just, it just came, came out, out this last Friday and yeah. I did listen through it. I just, maybe I wasn't in the right mood. Okay. But I got a little bit bored. Okay. But I'm sure that as I listen to it more, I will really like it. Anyway, anyway, there's lots of so albums that I like. Music. There's so much. I couldn't even begin to name all of them. No way. We're big. big you know what fans. we didn't talk about? What? You had a boy band era with Five Seconds of Summer. <gasps> we did not talk we about that. We didn't talk about that. I feel like we should. I mean, we could just briefly touch on it because it, it was after college. It was only like a year or two ago, right? It was in 2018, yes. Yeah. It was quite, quite intense. It was quite intense. And, it and was, I think it's timely because. Luke Hemmings and Sierra Deaton just got engaged. That's right. So it's Happy kind of like a closing of the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> He's taken. He's taken ladies. officially now. He's officially taken. My chances are off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with him in 2018 for you really sure. Did. I. I had just broken up with my ex of a year and a half, Mm -hmm. and so I was, like, in need of something to just pour my emotions into, I think. Do you want to talk about your little fling with their the the Five Seconds of Summer photographer? My one claim to fame is that (laughs) I had an online relationship with the photographer of Five Seconds of Summer. (laughs) And you were, like, talking about traveling to see him? Oh, yeah. He told me every single day that he was going to buy me a ticket and fly me out to see him. (laughs) never ever did I was ultimate playing it cool like I talked to my therapist every week about how can I be cool because it was like the (laughs) if I don't nail this thing (laughs) I'm gonna be so mad at myself (laughs) I remember that being such a roller coaster of emotion you were very involved in it too you were well because I was like what's he saying is he has he seen Luke? Oh my god! I remember one time he called me when he was getting he was about to get on a plane. He would always like call me before he got on the plane. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm just in line with Kellum and and Michael," and I was like, "Well, tell him hi." <laughs> tell him hi. Like I didn't even know what to say. I was like such a fangirl. You're like, and I okay, was, yeah, cool. Was, yeah, whatever. Cool. I don't even care about that. Like, <laughs> well, speaking of then, cute boys, Callum. Oh, oh yeah, he is a cutie. He really seems like a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. But um, (laughs) no, that was so fun. So we, yeah, we talked online very regularly for, well, and we like FaceTime and all this stuff for like four months. Yeah. I would say it lasted. a while. And he, yeah, but later come to find out he was just playing me. (laughs) Probably had this going on with several other girls. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know, because it wasn't long after he met his current lady yeah right they're in a nice serious relationship and And he started posting about her and flirting with her while he was still talking to me oh i see because they were like working together kind of weren't they They, yeah they met each other somehow in person yeah huh so she had a leg up there she did (laughs) like if i could have gotten in person maybe maybe (laughs) she's also way prettier and cooler than me no 
but they are cute together. They are very cute, and it's they're quite perfect. Yeah. So, but Happy I can't follow him anymore. Nor can I listen to the songs because they make me a little bit sad. Well, honestly, that album that came out when you were talking to him mm-hmm. is very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. What's the name of the album? The Young one that Young Blood. Blood is on. Is that the name of the it's album? It's called Young Blood. Yeah. Young Blood. It's a very sad album. It is. There's some real heart-wrenching songs on there. Did you ever listen to Calm? Not too much. I really liked that album, yeah. honestly. I feel like I could now. I could do it. There yeah. was like a year after that thing that I was just like kind of wrote them off because yeah. I just didn't want to think about any of it. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I know. And it feels silly to have been so heartbroken about it, about someone I never met in person. Yeah, but if you talked to him all the time and yeah. like FaceTimed him and stuff for like four months. Like that's a long time. You were very invested. I was invested. Emotionally. And he, and he led me on. He like really built up this whole thing. Like, yeah. I was not just getting caught up in my own head. You yeah. know, he fueled that. Yeah. Which I kind of just think he's kind of an asshole now for yeah. doing that hmm. and never having any intention of making it. This has happened. But it's all in the past. I'm in a very happy, wonderful relationship now with someone who is real. (laughs) Who is real. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry that happened, but it does make for kind of a fun story. It's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that things worked out for the better. They absolutely did. Well, on that note, I hope that you've all enjoyed this kind of rambling conversation about music. Yeah. We didn't have a strong idea for this episode, so we thought, why don't we talk about one of the things that is on our minds Almost more than anything else. That we can very easily talk about. Yeah. We didn't need to plan anything. So if you, like, want to tell us about your favorite bands, please tweet at us. Someone please fucking tweet at us. (laughs) (laughs) With one person, despite the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's okay. This podcast is really just for us. And (laughs) although I have heard people I wouldn't expect say that they listen to this, and I love all of you for listening to this. It's so sweet. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. For the few people who do listen to this, you're all amazing and we love you. We do love you so much. If you like this episode, give us a follow on Spotify or maybe even give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you feel like it. Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that. Our handle is to the end podcast with a two instead of a T-O. And if you want to tell us anything that does not fit in a tweet, email us at to the end podcast with a two instead of a T-O. And if you want to see what's going on in our lives, you can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm Carly Fries, K-A-R-L-Y Fries. And I'm Katie Gaga, underscore K-A-T-I-E Gaga. I hope you have a great week. Yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.